You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> well, I'd like to know if I was married to a horror piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My special stripe. That was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use it, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Brad, Sean Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had a bit of a comedian double up in studio. We had Sean Patton and Jackie Fabulous. Next on the best of. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. Um, the one thing I got to just point out real quickly here is that the sexual tension in the room is just over thank you, the top. thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie Fabulous brings with her an armada of pheromones. That's what I do. <laughs> an armada. <laughs> of pheromones. I use that, I use the big woman thing to my advantage. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like everybody else. I use this stuff. What's her name again? The big woman. Jackie Fabulous. No, no, the big woman. The <laughs> Ashley, like he just oh, forgot <laughs> after after chatting with what's you for an name? hour. Yeah, what's your name? Ashley Graham. He's a Ashley fan Graham. of Ashley Graham. You know the, the plus size model so on she Instagram. Was, she was all over TV this morning. She's beautiful. She, she is has a crush. Gorgeous. She has a crush. I just, I just love that you reacted like Tom had a stroke <laughs> <laughs> and thought it was 1956. <laughs> what's your name again, the big woman? <laughs> so there's a black woman in here. What's she doing here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, what's the what's the big woman's name? Jackie Fabulous. Like, no. Still talking about me? No. <laughs> what are you wait, talking wait, about? You talking about Ashley who? Ashley Graham. Have you ever seen this Instagram uh, personality. Oh, she's a model, okay. plus size girl. Very oh, okay. pretty. She I'll is follow her right now. beautiful. Yeah, yeah she's gorgeous. I mean, stunningly beautiful. Well, like some other women in the room right Hi. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can pick a fight with her, not with her, but the industry, because she's not the first plus size 
No, uh, model. Exactly. But yeah. they find her and they're like, oh, now we have a, a spokesperson. I know plenty of big black bitches who could have taken this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they find a yeah. cute white-ish one. Oh, she's going to be the one to bring us over the edge. <laughs> Come on. They could have called me. I mean, she's married to a black guy. She is. That but that's not enough. Doesn't help. That just perpetuates the stereotype. That that just makes it worse. (laughs) You know the black struggle. You had a black man in you. You know what it's like. I'm sorry. The longer I'm here, the worse it's going to be. I don't think that's worse. I think that's more. By the by, the end of this, we're just campaigning for Jackie. Jackie, President Fabulous. President Fabulous. President of the ICC. Hilarious. President Fabulous. Although Donald Trump probably already, like you know, marketed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what is he? President Fabulous. Yes, it'd be me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. He's got to do something about that hair. I mean, he like, hasn't done anything about that hair in 20 that's, that's years. Been for years. Did you know the, why his hair looks like that? Who? Donald why? Trump. No. Why? Because he went bald, and instead of just like getting a, like, you a know, piece or, two or implants or whatever, uh. he had them cut the skin out and bring it together and sew it. That's why the oh, hair Jesus goes like. Yik, yik, why yik. didn't he just get a, a piece? I don't know. I have no idea. There's a lot. Years and years from now, when he's gone, not you know, there's going to be someone uh, like a. Wait a second. Why was Donald Trump? Yeah. Does that? Does that? Why was this guy? Like anything? Then there's going to be a breakdown of just like how people look back at other yeah. terrible world leaders and be like, how did that shit happen? Are there any good ones? A caricature. Yeah. Do we have any good I mean, world leaders? I think that's 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 the issue. Yeah, that's kind of. I think I think we're all becoming more and more hip to this notion that like people like people in power are corruptible and bad. Yes, yeah. pretty much. And to want that job, you yeah. have to be a little bit off, and you yeah. have to be a little bit undercutting and backstabbing yeah. and shitty. Yeah, to yeah. run you know? the world or run the free world or run America, you have to be out of your mind. Who would yeah. want the job? Because I've, I've I've said that on the air before that if you want to be president, you're not my kind of person. No, and uh, people get very pissed off at me about that. I was like, no, you're not no. my kind of person. Yeah, I want somebody who's really fucking reluctant about it. So, yeah. yeah. All right, George Washington assist. I guess I'll do it. They wanted to make George Washington king. He said, I'm not going to be a king. Forget it. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you also kind of see through, you start to see through, like, the campaigns as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You start to see through, like, oh, now suddenly your entire campaign is about the plight of black women. Or like, I mean, like that's like Elizabeth Warren's things now. Yeah, like, yeah I don't think she's yeah, a bad right. person, but her campaign is like, "Gee, whose votes are you trying to get, yeah. Elizabeth?" Constantly, <laughs> there's somebody. There are people yeah. whose jobs it is to watch the ratings, watch the numbers, yeah. and when the numbers are not in their favor for who they want to follow them to keep their ratings high, people yeah. people get fired and get let go. That's what I think happened to America's Got Talent. Yeah, with with the firing, I think. Uh, yeah. I think. What happened was this year, the one that I was on, thank you very much, stop the applause. This is, <laughs> they had the lowest ratings they've had in years, oh, millions less. Even though tens of millions watched, yeah. yeah. They, they had like less than they ever had. And partially, I think it's because of the, the viewers signed off because of Gabrielle Union and Julianne Huff. Really? I think so. I think Gabrielle is a dark skinned black woman. A lot of America, they can do black, but they can't do that kind of black. 
and Julianne and, and uh, really? Gabrielle, they dressed very sexy when they were on the show. Mm-hmm. Not too much for the world, but too much for the, the viewers in middle America. And I think that contributed to the, the show's ratings dropping. And the, the TV shows of that nature, they're about money and about ratings. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, if you are. don't keep us number one, we're going to make some big changes. Yeah. And I think that's what happened. I think that's why people got let go. They say they fired all the judges? They fired Gabrielle. They fired Julianne. I've been a Gabrielle Union fan for a while. I know. They're beautiful, but they said that Gabrielle was too black in how she styled her hair. She did not. They didn't say that. They did. Too black? That's what it's on record. And they said that that Julianne and Gabrielle, they commented on how they dressed also. Julianne dressed very sexy when she was on the show. But in a way that we're used to. She's a dancer. Yeah. when you hired her, you did research her, right? You knew that's how she dressed mm-hmm. when it's time for the cameras to be on was kind of provocative. Yeah. But the show had less viewers than it ever had, and I think people who run the show, Simon, whoever, are like, nope, we, 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 we're number one. This is not, why are we not number one? And they did the research. It's, it's about numbers and ratings and who yeah. watches the show. No, oh, it's always about that. It's always about that. About that. On, on NBC, we, we just say the shows don't make it anymore, but the ones that <clears> do, they got to stay on top. But you got to figure it out though, because there are two rules to being a being an attractive black woman. Mm-hmm. You got to wear either pink or orange. Where in the hell did you get that from? <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> you heard me. That's my personal opinion. Pink Wait, or black, orange? No idea. Black women in orange dress. You ever seen a black woman in an orange dress? Forget yeah. about it. He's just thinking with another part of his I mean, mind. I'm right. like, I'm, I'm racking my brain. Like, <laughs> have I ever seen a black we woman in an orange dress? We do look good in melon. I do agree. Yeah. It's compliments See on brown pink. skin. But See, right there. It's like me wearing gray with my grayish white skin. It all yeah. works out. It's, uh, <laughs> it's also shows like that and firings like that happen too when you have TV shows that pander too much to audiences. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, just yep. do like this right now. What we are doing, podcasting, mm-hmm. is a proven formula that when you stop being like, well, what do they want? And just go, fuck it. This is what they're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It works. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. And right. it works. And like podcasting yeah. right now is arguably the most powerful medium. Yeah. Probably is now. Yeah. yeah. It yeah, arguably is. I mean, yeah. It definitely is the and most I've been powerful. fighting it for years. I had one in LA and I 10 episodes. It was fun. But yeah. it's, it's work. It's work. It's yeah. work. It's work. And I just asked yeah. to have it reinstated. I'm going to do it at the Comedy Cellar. I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> but once again, when I'm not on the road and not working, I got to figure this out. It's right. work. I got to well, schedule it and all that yeah. crap. We were just talking. Uh, 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 Brandon and I were just talking about how there are comedians who like have done a ton of TV and uh, doesn't really do anything anymore. But then you do no, one or two podcast episodes. And they're back. The right podcast yeah. and you're selling they're back they're thousands back. of tickets and they it's got like, a show again out of nowhere yeah you know? yeah it's like and, and but but podcasting is built on this whole to me fundamental of this is what we do if you right. like it if listen. you like it right. listen if you don't fuck off there's others yeah. and it works yeah and then it but then but now you've got podcast networks that are like we're gonna do some pilots and you're like what the fuck are you talking about yeah they want to do shows pilot. now pilots pilots yeah what do you mean pilots? Whole, exactly pilots pilots podcasts, for what pi- for podcasts they're, they're, it's a it's a test yeah, it's to test have, the market to see if there's anybody interested in your show. Similar to TV studios that only focus on podcasts. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I know, I know. It's right back around. Well, because, you just had Jimmy Pardo do his podcast mm-hmm. from Acme. Yeah. yeah. So I've never seen that before. We've done a few times there. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. And Pardo's arguably, I, I, I guess, uh, is. Uh, 
Pardo's probably one of the first. He was one of the first podcast yep. comedy podcasts in the U.S. He right? was never not funny. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Indeed, and yeah, it's like man. And when I'm on the subway, going, no one knows I'm a comedian. If people are next to me watching Joe Rogan's. Like you can't understand watching yeah, it, watching yeah. it on their yeah. phone, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. they're just laughing, and they're just because you know when you get a good podcast that people want to hear, you you rule the world. Yeah, you know you can rule the airways with that, the, the internet airways. The only problem I have with Joe is he thinks he's a tough guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, he could probably guy, flip you, know. you over easily uh, if he no. needed to. No. What? He got no shot. Okay. Yeah. Have you, have you seen Tom's workout videos? No. Yeah, you've seen my workout videos. See, that's what I like. Oh, I've got kettlebells. Yeah, good for you. Even if we complain, I still want to do his podcast because you get a lot of exposure. Well, I wasn't about complaining. I just, I just. No, I'm not. I'm just saying a comedian. Could, we could talk yeah. shit about him, but then we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, I could be a guest. Okay. Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. I changed my I mind. I changed my mind. He's fantastic. Well, and I've done a lot of shows with Joe too. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. Oh, I know a, guy, a lot of guys, you know, like Joey Diaz. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Joey sure Diaz, him, you know, yeah. you go down the list of people that are on his show. Mm-hmm. Sam is on his show. Sam Tripoli's on his show a lot. Oh, and, you Sam know. Tripoli. He's giving and me I a like, lot of work. Shout out to Sam Tripoli. Really? Sure. He's yeah. giving me, he put a lot of Sam's money in my pocket. Sam's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Sam's a good dude. Yeah. Funny guy. But yeah, that, that, I mean, that's, uh, I do enjoy all of that stuff. Those, you know, because those guys, when they first started doing this podcast, and it's, what, what has it been now, Andy, like seven, eight years, something like that? Uh, let's see. I think it'll be eight years in August. Oh, That's a long years, time man. for a podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Congratulations. That's yeah, a, right. Successful yeah. right there. Episode, I'm going to guess this is episode 413. Not <laughs> even close. Oh, shit. 1736. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. I was going weekly. Yeah, we do. Daily. <laughs> <laughs> so. I did 10 episodes of mine, and when I stopped, people are like, what happened? You were worn We out. loved it. Is it, I just, I don't know. Get Maybe I'm older ass. than I realize. I know. <laughs> I, I'm back, though. I, I got another podcast. It's coming back. Call it Pink and Orange. The, the, Pink and Orange, baby. <laughs> Pink and it's orange. on iTunes right now. It's relatable with Jackie Fabulous. What, it's relatable with Jackie Fabulous. That's what it's, it's on iTunes gonna, right and now. And you're going to keep the name. Yeah, 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 it's, it's mine. A good name. It's a good I, name. Do you talk I, about? Do you talk about? Have you talked about Will Smith on the podcast? No, I haven't. I haven't been back to do it since, and no one's talked about Will Smith with me since I've done it. Will, I, I have a joke. I try to write a joke about it, and do it on stage, but I get so in, into it. <laughs> I'm still working on it. No, can you guys talk about what you were doing with Will? I think so, right? Yeah. Well, we can't say what the project is. We yeah. can just say. I, I always say it was a comedy based project. Oh, with a shit. lot of Will. Because I've just been telling people exactly. I've read my contract on the air. <laughs> you know why? Because in the video that I did with him on Instagram, he says, I just watched 16 comedians. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, so yeah. I'm like, well, you, you gave it away, Will. Wait, Not did me. you post the other video? Of the one? Which one? The one. The, 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 so, like, side note. So oh, we're shooting, the, so we're shooting this thing. Um, Lance Bangs, the director, who's yes. excellent, fantastic, excellent, excellent guy to work with. Great he did director. Michelle Wolf's recent and Netflix special. By he's the way, he's done See, so much. You say Lance Bangs, the director. Yeah. Yes, you have to be yeah. more clear. Be more clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His name is Lance Bangs. Lance Bangs. There you um, go. He's directed <laughs> comedy specials. Yes. Uh, Lang- oh, Lance Bangs, the director. Okay. <laughs> so, so Lance Bangs, the director. And it was fabulous. Yeah. I loved it. You know, it just made us I all watched, feel comfortable. I watched the whole thing. It was amazing. But uh, at, at one point, he seemed... I forgot who asked if we could take selfies or videos on our phone. And he was just sort of like, yeah. yeah. Sort of like, you know. Yeah. So Jackie was like, well, I'm going to film my own special on my phone. <laughs> 
Because she just, every time Will was around, she just poof, phones up and she's like, yeah. hey. That's why I took the job. If I girl. can't get this, what's the point of my doing it? It was just funny to be like, because we'd all have our moments filming and talking with Will Smith. Yeah. And then you see Jackie roll up and phones up. <laughs> and, and he was it, always willing and, and happy and couldn't wait to do yeah, it. Yeah, but the That's video good. that I'm talking about is the last day uh-huh. when you were like doing like a rap And he did it. his own little surprise yeah. comment. Where he, can you, did you, have you talked about that at I all? Did, I, yeah, I, I did a video where I'm like, hey, we're here with Will. And it was a video for Arsenio Hall. Because Arsenio was like, we all should sign a petition to get Will to do stand-up for real. <laughs> And Will's like, hey, Arsenio, I'm not going to do it. I respect what you do too much, but thank you so much. And then I, I, said, I, I said, well, it's only a minute. Keep going. I want to make this a longer video. So he goes, okay, well, I met Jackie Fabulous. She was fabulous. And when I met her, we fucked. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. And I was like, are you sure? Because I'm going to post it. He's like, ah. And then he thought about it. I said, too late. And I, yeah. <laughs> and I posted it. And it's been up and on. And but. I've had some death threats, some DMs death like threats. death threats. Not death, but people are like, you know, he's a married man. You are a whole. It's like people. he said it. So he I made, fucking said it. I made sure I was like, I didn't flirt with him. He flirted with That's me. Really that was weird him to get upset to me that. because he his brand has been Family Guy, yeah, yeah. married yeah. man yeah. doesn't curse. Yep. So for him yeah. to say that, the whole world's like, what? Nice, bro. But geez, it, it, it was it was all comedy fun. Yeah. It was, it was super super cool. It was, it was un- so nice. I've met people like you. Arguably, can't get more famous than Will Smith. Yeah, right I, now. I, Everybody I, else I, is dead. Yeah. Michael yeah. dead. Whitney dead. Yeah, Prince exactly. is dead. And, and <laughs> exactly, yeah. And like, I've met people far less famous than him who mm-hmm. are. F- Infinitely bigger dickheads, douchebags, oh, yeah. and he was. Just, oh, yeah. It's like he, it's almost like he didn't understand that he was famous. Yeah, like like people like no one had ever explained to him like, hey man, you know you're like in some countries a god, an actual. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's just his assistant was telling us how like when they go around the U.S. it's fine, no big deal. Most people are too, but when they go to uh, they lose their minds. Yeah, when they go to like you know Southeast Asia or the Middle East, it's oh, like yeah. it's frightening. People will clamor over each other and like yeah. fight just to touch him. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, he, he's yeah. Will. It's but you know what's funny about it? he's so nice and so famous that it, when he was with us during the production, we knew when to back off. Like something oh, yeah. about him, yeah. you yeah. could tell that he's he's going to give you all he got. But then when you could, you could feel when he's like, his people are like, all right. And we didn't need to be told, all right, with the videos and the pictures. Yeah, we yeah. get it. Walk we away, all yeah. kind of eased off. Like, all right, we we got our little video. Now let's mm-hmm. go back and do our thing. So he has that aura about him where you like you can love him, but then you know ease up. He's a human being. Yeah, yeah. Walk <laughs> away now. Walk away now. Walk away now. Exactly. Even even Adonis's need their sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Adonis's need their sleep. Yeah. yeah. I'm never gonna forget that. Best of the Tom Bernard podcast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's so. That was Sean Patton and Jackie Fabulous on the best of. Coming up next, we had a little bit more informative. Not to say that that one wasn't informative, but, I mean, we have next Sheila Weller talking about Princess Leia, a.k.a. Carrie Fisher, in her life on The Edge. Next on The Best Of. I am really curious. He's a wizard. Oh, she's doing it. Mm-hmm. I ladies. can't help it. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Sheila Weller, ladies and gentlemen. Sheila, I got to warn you up front. 
you got uh, Cassie is a huge <laughs> Carrie Fisher fan, so you get 15 minutes Any of her going. People are huge Carrie Fisher fans, yes. Yes, and I, you know what? I in, I, I interviewed Cassie. 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 Yeah, yeah. I loved. Uh, she Cassie. was the only Hi, princess. Hi. Hi. <laughs> she was the only princess I liked because I was such a tomboy. Yeah. But I loved Princess Leia. Uh, she was definitely a princess for tomboys. Yes. yes. You know, I got to be honest with that. I interviewed her several times. Could not have been more fun to interview. She was, she was terrific. You know, I've been on these radio, sh- I've been on these radio shows, and almost, and almost everybody has interviewed her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. She was. She used to go on big tours on radio. Um, but yeah, she, yes. I, she. Had, first of all, I got to tell you, Sheila, my mother raised uh, seven children pretty much by herself, and she had a hell of an edge. Maybe that's wow. why I loved Carrie Fisher because my mother was a very tough woman, which I I, I love that in women. Uh-huh. I do. I love it. Good for her. Good for her. Kudos. Absolutely, Carrie Good. Fisher. Well, a, anyway, I. I you go ahead. No, I was gonna, I'm just saying the name of the book: Carrie Fisher, A Life on the Edge. Sheila Weller, our very special guest. I'll just turn it over to you, Sheila, because I want to hear about you. this. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Okay, so what do you want to hear? I want to hear, well, in her 2008 bestseller, Girls Like Us, Sheila Weller, with heart and profound feeling for the times, gave us a surprisingly intimate portrait of three icons, Carol King, Joni Mitchell, and Carly Simon. Now she turns her focus to one of the most loved, brilliant, and iconoclastic women of our time, Carrie Fisher. I did. I loved interviewing her. I really did. And I, what a hell of a talent, huh? Really, in so many ways, um, including a talent for friendship. She had more best friend people clamoring to be called her best friend oh. in you know celebrity circles and man and woman on the street circles than just about anybody I ever heard about. Um, it's quite amazing that she had the even the bandwidth for it, um, much less the charisma, which which we know she had, mm-hmm. combined with insecurity. A very fabulously complex person. Um, the word complex is, and complicated are interesting adjectives and compliments, but um, few people really, um, I think, fill them out as much as she did. Uh, she was, you know, a, a bit of everything, and, and she was, as, a, as one journalist put it, famous, for, famous and beloved for being herself. Yeah, you know, Sheila, it, it, I, you've done a lot of this work, obviously, Carol King and Joni Mitchell, Carly Simon, Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, you do notice, I've noticed in my career, because I've, I've been doing interviews now for, God, 48 years, 35 on the same morning show and mm-hmm. many, many years on this show, but I have noticed with people, um, when your mom and dad are that big, uh, you, you know, we're talking Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher, it does have a mm-hmm. profound impact on you in many different levels. Have you found that to be true as well, Sheila? You know, it's funny. I mean, I grew up with a number of movie stars' kids, and mm-hmm. it, it does and it doesn't. I mean, there are some that, I mean, I have a friend who was Hedy Lamar's daughter. I've known her, you know, we went to school together and we've kept up, and she's as normal as can be, and she's also gorgeous. Um, uh, so... Um, it, it can have a great effect on you. It can have a middling effect on you, or you can work hard to have it make it have no effect on you. And yeah. In the case of this friend of mine, she she wanted a life that was normal. I think Carrie was just so. Um, first of all, there was a big scandal that, that kind of rocked America and sort of um, indicated the end of the fifties. Her, you know, her oh, father yeah. running off and Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Um, so there was. There were light bulbs, uh, flash bulbs in her, in her eyes from, from, you know, from the age of two. Uh, but 
she had such an intense personality and such a um, a, a vulnerability and an openness to experiences around her that it was going to affect her. Um, and much happened in her parents' lives. And she was very close to her mother in an interesting way, in a complicated way, which mother-daughter relations tend to be in, in, in one form or another. So um, it, it, it did affect her a lot, a lot. And she used it as material as well. Mm-hmm. But it kept affecting her. That was true. One of my favorite Carrie Fisher things that just popped into my head, and I had forgotten pretty much all about it, but several years ago, Carrie Fisher was on I, I did, uh, the KQ Morning Show. KQRS Morning Show is my morning show that I've been on forever. Mm-hmm. And Carrie was on there. And one of the guys, and I don't know why, because I always told him back in the day, and he's not around anymore, by the way, but he made some smart-ass comment to Carrie Fisher during the, during the interview. And there was this long pause, and Carrie goes, why do you have that moron on the show with you? I was having fun. Why does that idiot have to be on? It was great. Yes, that sounds like something she would say. Yeah, right. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was true because she was she had every right to to make the comment she did because this idiot was trying to be yes. you know all snappy and funny and she just burned him to the ground and right. I loved it. I loved hearing it. But again, uh, I, I love strong women, so yes. that might be why. How so? How old was Definitely she a woman. Yes. when when Eddie ran off with Elizabeth? How old was she? Two, I think she was around two years old. Okay, so it wasn't like an immediate situation where she's a ten-year-old girl and your dad took off with with you know Elizabeth Taylor. Two, I, I you know I'm sure it still had a great effect on her, even though she was only two, because all of a sudden, daddy. You're just about to hit the, you know, you're in the middle of the terrible two. He's about to hit three, and all of a sudden, dad is gone. That that had to be very difficult for her, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yes, she's, she's written about it and spoken, spoken about yeah, it. She yeah. felt she wasn't good enough. She felt when he died, she said, I always wanted to make you laugh. I, mean, I, I developed my humorous personality to keep you with me. Um, she had a very poignant, um, deathbed, you know, almost deathbed conversation with him where she where he said, you're beautiful, and it meant so much to her. And she said, I, I became oh. me in order to keep you. Um, she said you know, versions of that many times, but that was probably the most poignant and significant. Um, the one captured um, by Fenton and Bailey um, for a documentary they were going to do, and it ended up in, um, in Bright Lights, the, the other documentary. But um, it, was, it, was, um, it was very moving, and, and the two of them, the, the directors, Fenton and Bailey, said everyone was, was still and quiet after we, you know, finished the take and nobody talked because we knew we had witnessed something very significant, you know, a father-daughter moment that was really yeah. significant. Well, uh, Ralph on the on the program here with me just showed me a picture of the day that Carrie was born. Eddie Fisher is there and Debbie Reynolds, obviously. Uh, and they're they're holding her and looking down at her, and it looks like this family's ecstatic. They're very happy to be together. It's wonderful. And then just a, a few months later, twenty twenty two, twenty four months later, all of a sudden he decides it's not what he's looking for, and he hits the road. It ruined his career, didn't it? It did for a long time. Yeah, it um, it did. And she came to his defense when she um, was touring with. Uh, Shampoo, I think, even before Star Wars, oh, yeah. she came to his yeah. defense. She, she was very forgiving of him. Um, she, she really was. She said he's a good guy, and he suffered from that. He was, you know, he paid a price. Um, but it did, it did hurt his career. That and the fact that mm-hmm. Elvis came into the scene and <laughs> rock and roll replaced <laughs> yeah. the, the crooner movement that he was part of. So there were two things, but but that definitely being the bad guy in, in a perfect American 
um, you know, two, um, you know, whole, a, a wholesome marriage of, of two all-American uh, kids, um, which they were um, from very different backgrounds, both child childhoods of poverty. Um, they made their own lives. They were very admirable, and they were just kind of America's sweethearts. And when he ran off with the most beautiful woman in the world, who had been married to his best friend, that was, you know, uh, a bad thing for him, for his reputation. Well, you know, she only, what, what was she married, like eight, nine times? She was married a lot. She was married a lot. <laughs> it was an era when people did get married a lot. Yeah. She married, yep. uh, I think, Richard Burton twice, you know, mm-hmm. and people did that. People did that then. She but, was, um, you know, she and Gary became friends, and she and Debbie became friends. Right. Uh, life goes on, you right. know? We're talking to Sheila Weller about her book, Carrie Fisher, A Life on the Edge. Sheila, do you think in order to really understand Carrie Fisher, people have to have kind of uh, lived something like that? Maybe maybe it wasn't their dad taking off on them like that, but, you know, having a mom problem or a dad problem. Um, are the, do most people go through that thing? It kind of kind of seems like they do, particularly in the entertainment world. Um, and the reason I ask you that is because my father and I never got along when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we never got along. He was finally institutionalized when I was 10 years old. But I remember at seven years old, mm-hmm. I learned to stand up in front of the TV and tell him jokes because it's the only time he and I ever had anything in common. I would tell jokes and mm-hmm. he would laugh. And that's all we ever had together. And I still look back at it and go, yeah, I, I know how that feels. Absolutely. Hmm. And you think it's because because your parents are divorced, or or? Well, they eventually did get divorced, but he was in, he he was he was yeah. uh, institutionalized in a mental institution once I was ten, and he he oh, came dear. back he yeah. came back for a couple of months, but then he was gone forever, and then I saw him again on his deathbed. You know, pretty much the same deal. Or do, or, or or are you saying that uh, that uh, stress as a child or as a yeah. youth, yeah, that's what I mean. really brings out the creativity of of people, whether yeah. it's. Uh, uh, telling jokes uh, because of so many, so many uh, comedians are just have that oh, yeah. rough background. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. you know they're 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 hilarious. You think their yeah. life is perfect, but you know. So so does that bring that out in people? I, I don't know. That's 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 a very good question. Is there something that's switched it in your brain? It certainly can. It can. It can. It can strangle some people. It can. It can really hurt some people. I think you have to have um, a lot. Um, you know, going for you. I mean, with with Carrie, it was complicated. It was it was both things. I mean, she had, she inherited from him, and she's acknowledged this his predisposition to, to taking drugs mm-hmm. and probably bipolar disorder, which she certainly had, and it seems like he had. I mean, it was not quite as well known. The symptoms were not as well known, but he was like a shopaholic, for example. But um, you know, she had a lot in common with him that was that was kind of negative as well. Uh, but and perhaps one of the reasons she could forgive him so easily and and continue to love him despite his lapses in many ways was what they had in common. But in terms of having a volatile parents and or a volatile um, family, I think it either you know makes you stronger or um, uh, uh, you know or, or or can hurt you or or a combination thereof. It's and pretty- she was able to use it. It, it did affect her in positive and negative ways, but she was able to use it. Sheila, is it hard to write a book about someone like Carrie Fisher or, for that matter, Carol King, Joni Mitchell, Carly Simon? Um, do, do you think, is it is it easy or hard to come, come across with the evidence? And do people understand that if you are 
the the daughter of somebody famous like that, and you know, in Carrie Fisher's case, two famous people. Um, you know, Carol King, the way her career developed. Carly Simon. I, I don't really don't know much about Joni Mitchell, but but do people understand the toll it takes on someone to be that famous? That's interesting. Um, it takes a toll, but it, it's also very rewarding, I sure, mean, especially sure. if your creativity and your talent earned earned, earned it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there is a theory. I, w- I was on a show the other the other week about celebrities and suicide, and I was kind mm. of the it was, it was from an anti suicide organization, a very good organization. Right. But I was kind of the outlier. I said I don't know if it's necessarily bad to be a celebrity. I mean, there there are several right. wonderful things that happen especially if you feel you deserved it. So does it take a toll? Well, every every situation is different. With Carol, um, she had a beautiful, gorgeous hit that was the album of, of, of the decade, and then it was hard for her to follow it up in a way that people didn't criticize. Um, every, every situation is different. Um, uh, Carrie was more complicated than they were. I mean, Carly certainly had a lot of, you know, um, uh, emotional and 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 uh, complications, and she'd be the first one to say that, you know, stage fright and fear of flying and things like that. And wonderful, funny, open-hearted, open-hearted woman. Mm-hmm. But Carrie did have you know challenges that w- went above and beyond. So um, the combination of the kind of as she put it, Hollywood royalty family, which is good and bad. Um, the father leaving, the mother working all the time, having a couple of bad right. marriages, mm-hmm. and. Carrie wanted to distinguish herself from both of her parents. She had a beautiful voice, and she sang um, Bridge Over Troubled Water, the song of her eventual husband, Paul Simon, in grammar school and in uh, high school, and she knocked him dead with that song. She sang it in Las Vegas with her mother, but she didn't want to be a singer. She wanted to you know, distinguish herself from both of her parents. Yeah. So she had, yeah. um, you know, I mean, having famous parents, having a beautiful mother, this was this was hard for her. She didn't feel as beautiful as her mother. Her mother was kind of a scene stealer in a charming yeah. way. Yep. Um, yeah. Adorable Debbie Reynolds, who never stopped working. So, all of these things, whether it's your personal life um, or your emotional um, constitution, make make it either hard or or easy or not not easy, but either hard or good copy. And in her case, it was both. It was complicated and, and hard. But she also made art out of it. She used it in terms of conversation, wisdom to tell her friends, and the books that she wrote, and the, and the um, stage play, Wishful Drinking, her one-woman show. So um, she used it as material, as Nora Ephron and, and Joni Mitchell and others have said, use it as material, and she did. I think it's wonderful, and great work, by the way, Sheila, over the years, dancing at Ciro's and going down the list. Carrie Fisher, A Life on the oh, Edge. Oh, yeah, Sheila. Sir, that whole Ciro. We should have you on again sometime just to talk about Ciro's because people don't know okay. what it is now. And, and, and for those of us who did know what Ciro's is all about, that place was a very special place. There's no doubt about that. It was. And, and Debbie went there as a young actress. She, she learned how to be God. sophisticated in my uncle's nightclub. Oh, That's your, one uh, of the reasons I was... I was I didn't know that was your Sorry? uncle's. I didn't know that was your uncle's nightclub. That's amazing. Yes, yes, that's, that's why I wrote it. Yeah. That's very cool because I, I yeah, we definitely. I would love to have you back on to talk about your uncle and Ciro's. What a place! Uh, 
Okay, well, in the meantime, I hope everybody buys my Carrie book. It's a nice, it's a nice Christmas present for a friend. I for agree a, completely. For a friend, a sister, a wife, etc. Absolutely. Carrie Fisher, A Life on the Edge. Sheila Weller, W-E-L-L-E-R. Sheila, thank you so much for your time. Have a great holiday. Thank and you all for having else. me on. Happy holidays. Okay. Bye. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Sheila Weller on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the vault. All the way back to episode 537 with Theo Vaughn. Next on the best of. How the fuck would you like to be Tom Bernard's son-in-law? <laughs> that is, that's got to be a tough job. That is true. That can't be that comfortable. I, yeah, it seems pretty interesting, man. I mean, geez, Louise, it's a complicated thing. Yeah? yeah. Do you and the daughter discuss it sometimes, Alex? You no, know, Alex. I mean, we, it's we have a good understanding. She's yeah. good. She's she pretty cute. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. All right. Again, again, Theo, she looks like her mother. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering. I'm trying to be like, because I dated it. One of my ex-girlfriends was built just like her father. Oh, God. And, like, there were times when it was just like, this is way awkward. Like, I would see, like, him, because I lived with him for a little while, and I would see, like, him in the kitchen, and they both kind of wore the same size, like, pants and stuff, and it was just like. Yeah, that's not good. I don't know what's going on. He was. He was a slight man. He was just Whisper of yeah, a feminist. Oh, he's a whisper of a felon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not good. And did he was, think he was a tough guy anyway? I don't know if he did it. I oh, don't think he good. did. Well, that's good. I got the exact opposite. My girlfriend's dad's 6'4", 250, Egan Swat. And your girlfriend's the same size? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> She's only 6'2". Not, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> She's only 6'2", 240. Wow, dude. I bet she uh, is at least better at her job than whatever you do for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah there was, well, there is. <laughs> yeah. I uh, got in a lot of trouble once because you remember... Uh, what the hell's flying? Oh, Jim Kleinsaucer. Yeah, he was a he was a uh, the milk tight guy. End. No, that's oh no no Jim Kleinsaucer. Yes, he was a tight end for, <laughs> the, for Vikings. the Vikings. Yes, he's a milk guy. Klein Peter is a milk company. Where Klein I'm from. Peter, yeah. okay, in Louisiana. Yeah, a bunch of milkers. No, you're just... making a joke about saucers. No, no. I thought so too. It's like we say, oh, the milk guy, like the saucer. No, okay. Not that. Oh no, oh, that's, I, that's a great no. I uh, I'll mention this quickly before we move on to this Kleinsaucer story, but I was thinking about. You, you know, we'll talk to you this morning. I was thinking about you because I, I do some business down in Biloxi. Oh, yeah. And Travis Moore is is the banker I deal with down there. Travis Moore. Great guy. He's with Citizens Bank. Okay, and, yep. Citizens, I'm familiar. Yeah, there you go. But it's funny talking to Travis. <laughs> Honest to God. I mean, I'm from Minnesota and all. I get around a little bit, but... Well, I'll tell you one thing, Tom, you come on down there and we'll get on something. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? What are you saying? Yeah. I mean, he's a wonderful guy. He's a great guy. But he's like, hey, come on down. We'll all take care down this old golf park. Yeah, it's like everything's a used car. It's like, come on down there. Like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. Yeah, like Boomhauer. There's some serious, a lot of people don't want to use vowels. That's the big yeah. thing. Yeah, that's true. It's they consonants only. So, uh, Jim Klein Saucer. What six six probably about two eighty five at least. 
I don't big, know big guy, really big guy. Have you ever, ever seen a picture of his sister? Mm-mm. His sister is the exact same size. No! She was like an Olympic shot putter. Wow. <laughs> Amazonian, huh? Big, yeah, like an Amazon, right? Whoever guess, made love to her yeah. must have been an Olympic <laughs> shot putter. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds <laughs> hectic. I'm going to guess they were German. <laughs> so I, I had heard, yeah, Kleinsasser, I would think so. I had heard a rumor that he got pissed off at me because his his sister's picture was in the paper. I said, oh, my God, they they look exactly alike, only he's a little prettier. <laughs> oh, my God, he got pissed off. It's like, Jim was not a handsome guy. I mean, not that I am, but I mean, this guy is like, holy shit. And did you run into him somewhere ever? <laughs> no, he actually, I understand he's a terrific guy. Yeah. He's a lot of charity. But I've never run into him, thank God, because if I see him coming, I would just go the other way. <laughs> Pretty much how it would work out. It'll work out. For, for my, in my favor that way, right? Yeah, that's the way to do it. I have to ask you a question. You know, you know Adam pretty well. We were talking about Adam Carolla yeah. this morning. I got kicked off the Adam Carolla show last time I was on there because Theo was on hold. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got Theo on hold, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I certainly understand that. But no, I, the last time I spoke briefly to, to Theo on that show. But um, do you ever get messages from Carolla Digital, like uh, like email messages? Uh uh-uh. uh You get them, Matt. His his I don't know what the hell Matt does for him, but he's like his last name is F O N D I L E R. Fondlier. What would be fo- Fondelier? Fondelier? No, it's F O N D I L E R. Uh, it might be a Fondler. Fondler. Yeah. French molester, maybe a French molester. <laughs> I'm just kind of how I could think. <laughs> that might be true, come to think of it. But how, his name's not Fondler. <laughs> I mean, F O N D I L E R, Fondler. It sounds like Fondler, man. I grew up with a lot of uh, child molesters in my neighborhood, actually. No offense. <laughs> I did. Swear to God. Okay, Theo. I grew up with at least three three, oh, at least yeah. three known child molesters in my neighborhood. And no offense out there if anybody's a child molester. Sure. No offense. But, uh, no offense. but yeah, we, it was like we lived in the neighborhood where they had to come to the door and tell you they were oh, a child yeah. molester, right? Uh, Which is a oh, horrible oh, idea boy. in a low-income neighborhood because all the parents work. So it's the kids are at home. Oh, oh Like, who set up this yeah. horrible oh, idea? Hey, right? kid, guess yeah. who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're knocking the door to kid answers. I'm here to tell you. Because <laughs> okay. I suppose you can't just like say, uh, no, I'm not going to tell them because... Oh. <laughs> Watch out. So either way, it's a bad situation. And, yeah, and sometimes they'd be like, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. I have to tell you guys I'm a child but don't tell your parents, right? Oh <laughs> like, all right. Oh, you so know. you do have to go door to we door. We tell them. Yeah, this was at a time when you had to go door to door. Yeah, now I don't then. know if you have to do that. I think you can give a card or send a card, but oh. you have to notify. That's nice. You get a card. Yeah. <laughs> We got an invitation or something here. I'll let me open it up before I am. Yeah, like winter's coming, but I'm not. You know, <laughs> just letting you know that I am uh, rehabilitated and happy oh, to be in the neighborhood. But it's true they had this one guy named Mr. Darren in our neighborhood, and we knew he would been like, you know, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know if he was incarcerated or whatever. And so we'd always tell him like, "Oh, Mr. Darren, you ain't touching me, man." Like we would like it was <laughs> like taunting him. yeah, it was taunting. <laughs> But he knew, like, like he'd even play That's kickball with us, and uh, yeah, he'd play kickball. You like comb his hair to play, and we're like, whatever, dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to play a little touch ball. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, we know what's ball. up. You know, like we know what's up. But he was he was actually a chill dude, man. I mean, yeah. if you were just kind of buddies with him, you know, and didn't go all the way, <laughs> I think he was a chill yeah. guy to be around. Yeah, I, I, as long as you don't get that physical part of it. Yeah. <laughs> 
That would not anyway, be good. Anyway, I'm sorry. Time to me to get off. Uh, you can do whatever you want to. Here. You're this. This show's about you. This hour, you can do whatever you want. I got nothing, man. I got it's nothing. Kind of negative. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm happy to be up here. I will say that uh, I was out at Mystic Lake a couple weeks ago. Um, well, they can drink now out there. Yeah, know? they can drink. Well, the Indians right. could always drink out there, but <laughs> they, now no, they're they, letting. Uh, no, no, it's true. They could. Yeah. yeah, they're letting regular people come out and drink. I think I'm not sure if that was like a whole card type of deal. Yeah, where they kind of could because it's a sovereign nation, they can do whatever they want. Right. Right. Matter of fact, I'm going to see the chairman and vice chairman in like two weeks. Oh, what is that? What is that? is that the guy who runs it out there? That's the, you're like the head of the tribal council. Yeah. Wow. Chief. Okay. So do you guys like do the peace pipe and everything, or what do you guys do like the sweat lodge? Would you, guys... you stop? Friends of mine. <laughs> no, no, that's all, that's all yeah. I know about. Let's get back to child molesters here. No, I, this, these are adults. Jesus You're gonna cut Christ. a buffalo's head off? No, no. Eat it hard. Shut up, Ollie. <laughs> Honest to God, Ix day. Uh, no, they're actually good guys. Nice, Jennifer, Jennifer is a very sweet woman. That, uh, but but anyway, I just uh, so you are out at Mystic. Yeah, I was at the couple weeks. So I've had a great time, man. It's always been a good time out there. I went to a Renaissance fair, which is popular here in Minnesota. Renaissance festival, yeah, yeah, that was really right cool. Yep, and uh, what else? Canterbury yep. Park's not open, so you couldn't go there. Didn't go there. Stop at the enormous candy barn on the way to the Renaissance. No, is that fair? a real thing? Yeah, it's a big yellow barn of candy. Candy. What? Yeah, you, you, none of you have seen I don't, third, I down, don't even know anything about it. If you go south down 13 to the Renaissance Festival, you pass it's a huge candy yellow barn. barn, and all they sell are different types of candy. and like. Oh, okay. It's not a barn made of candy. <laughs> no, no. That's no. why I was picking it up. That's not what I heard about that shit. No, there's a Care 11 article about it. Yeah, yeah there's a uh, condominium made out of taffy <laughs> <laughs> that everybody's keeping secret. That could be nasty. <laughs> that would be nasty in the summer. That could be nasty. Uh, no question. Yeah, winter about might that. not be bad, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, so, what do you recommend that uh, you know? I'm in town for the weekend. What's what's fun to do? I'm going to go to the to the football game. You Looking go, forward to that. No, college or professional. I'm going to go to the professional game. You're going Sunday. to the Viking and Lions game. Yeah, that's good. You'll have a good time there because oh, yeah. it, it should be a pretty nice day, actually. Perfect. What would you do? I mean, you guys are closer in age than I am to Theo. What would you do? Yeah, what, yeah. What would you do? And leave the daughter out of this. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, no, Jesus. it's tough to say because I mean, you don't want to go to the Mall of America. I mean, you've probably I'm living in the mall. Uh, this yeah, yeah. you're the there all day, so you don't need to like shop there. Go to Planet Snoopy. There you go. Is it the Nickelodeon universe? Uh, No, Planet Snoopy is now a Valley Fair thing. What? Yeah. Now, what is Planet Snoopy? That used to be with the Mall of America's... uh, Oh, that was Camp Snoopy. Yeah, that was Camp Snoopy, the little, like, ride area. It was like a very miniaturized version of Disney World, I guess you could say. Hmm. Because, like, you know, they had a couple rides and they had some shops and stuff like that. Yep. It is well, I wish I had another one with me. I'd give it to you. That's a cool, man. I haven't even seen it. Just snap it in half. Yeah, they're, they're hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That didn't work really well if I snapped it in half. That's true. Yeah, they, they're hard to get, actually. Yeah? I've never seen that before. I've seen a lot of the E-little the c- cigarettes. cigarettes. Yeah, the problem is you really Stop. don't get that smoky taste, though. Well, that's the good thing for you guys breathing in this room well, right yeah. now. Since you but don't I mean, get like, that you'll never taste. get that same taste out of it if that's what you're... They're not into bad though, I mean, they do have a good taste. No, they're not bad. What's oh. really funny is that there, there's a there's another uh, casino down in it's like further south. It's called Treasure Island, 
and we did an appearance there last Friday, and I was smoking an e-cigar on stage, and everybody's like, man, you you show everybody who's boss. You just get to see you want to smoke a cigar. It's like, fuck you. I'm Do smoking my cigar. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm pretty rough. I don't know how to about it. Smoke it indoors, you know. Let me go charge this in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess Ron White does go through that, that he will smoke and, uh, and drink on stage, whether yeah. it's against the rules or not. Oh, he will smoke and drink anywhere. I'll tell you, this is a... Uh, I mean, uh, not, uh, this is a uh, Ron White story. There was a Bentley outside of the Improv in Los Angeles, which is on Melrose Boulevard. It's a popular comedy club, the right. Hollywood Improv. Right. And there's a Bentley backing up onto the sidewalk. My friend and I were standing out there, and there's a he kind of gets up on the curb. And like, this is awkward because usually you park next to the curb. <laughs> and his car is up on it, and then it keeps backing up closer to the building. And the building, you know, after the sidewalk comes the building. Yeah. So then getting closer, getting closer, getting closer, and. It's like about to hit the building, and that's so why I knocked on the window because now the window is like in across my path, you know, perpendicular <laughs> on the sidewalk. And the guy rolls down the window. It's Ron White with a drink in his of hand. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Man, you, I didn't know. I was just, you're you're gonna hit the building, uh, Ron." And he's like, "You know, I felt like I was getting a little close." <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what he said. Nonchalant. And he got out and just walked and gave the keys to you know one of the I think not even a valet to some Latino man who was near in the yeah, here, here you go. Matt, nobody could have predicted what happened with that uh, Holy blue shit. collar comedy oh tour. Oh, nope. There's no way you could have predicted Nobody that. knew. No one knew that was going to be. I mean, because nobody knew who Ron White was, Larry the Cable Guy was. They knew Jeff Foxworthy, of course. Yeah. Uh, Bill Ball. nobody knew who he was. And they're all pretty damn huge. Now. Yeah. Actually, yeah, they made a killing. They did. Larry the Cable Guy married an intern from KQR. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. Came to yeah, he met. Oh, shit. He married one of the interns at KQ. Jesus. So she Jesus did okay. Is she still an intern? No. Nah, I think at nineteen twenty million a year, yeah. she's probably not doing much interning anymore. Hell, she wants. Yeah, I bet, man. I went to the roast of Larry the Cable Guy. I was just sitting in the, in the crowd, but it was pretty cool. Uh, oh, nice. I didn't see his wife there. But I didn't really get to meet everybody. I didn't even get to meet him. But. Who did? Who was the roast master? Who was the roast master? I want to say that's when it was still Jeff Ross. This is about Ross. five years ago. I love Lisa Jeff Lampanelli Ross. was still on it. Yeah, I love oh, Jeff Ross too. Jesus, Jesus. she Jeff lost Ross. a lot of weight. He's funny. He's a funny man. Oh, Jeff Ross, cool is funny as a get. Uh, we do two shows a year in Vegas in November, and he was on uh, our special guest two years ago. Yeah. And the show, because it starts at five forty here, starts at three forty in the morning in Vegas. Ugh. So I said, Jeff, we're going to do the morning. You're going to do the morning show as part of the deal. And he goes, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll do the morning show. So, like, <laughs> I'm thinking maybe, you know, it's 4.30 in the morning. Here comes Jeff Ross wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> and he sits down and does the interview. Just a great guy. Really, really good guy. Funny as hell. And he gets up to leave and doesn't remember that he still has his headphones on or that he has on nothing underneath the robe. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. So he's walking away. It's like... <laughs> it was unbelievable. Open. Yeah, I was like, okay, Jeff, that's a good look you got there. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the. I wouldn't want to really see him nudist, you know. Yeah, it'd be a different experience. Yeah, it'd be no a different experience. I uh, so they do they do a lot of roasting anymore. I mean, they were you know for a they while. just have the big ones that are on television. I don't see a lot of regular roasts. You no, know, people uh, don't. It's not on. nearly as big as it was. That's for sure. Well, Greg Giraldo, first of all, died, which I mean, he was one of the greats. Yeah, that'll do yeah. it. 
he was just great at that. God, he was a funny guy. I will never forget that battle he got on uh, <clears throat> Tough Crowd with Dennis Leary. I haven't seen that. i got to oh, watch that. Oh, Christ. It's awesome. He just lights him up. I mean, That's he goes hilarious. after Dennis Leary for stealing material. Good. Oh, God, did he go after him. <laughs> and the great thing is Colin Quinn, who's another wonderful guy, he's like, well, no. <laughs> he's trying to bust everything up. Well, you, boy, look at the time. We have to go to commercial here now. But, I mean, Greg just sat there and was like, yeah, I want you. So whose material were you doing that night? Yeah. Whoa. Have you seen Let's any of that right stuff on i got to watch that. No, I want to go watch it. On YouTube, they have comparisons between Dennis Leary, who's a prick, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, He seems ever, like it. He's a, Oh, you ever met him? No, I've never he's met a, him. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, he's a very successful guy. Yeah. That show, Rescue Me, was a wonderful show. But not a nice guy. Just an arrogant prick. I wonder why. I, yeah, I don't know, because he's... Boston Irish. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know not, I mean, I'm trying to think of what he had, you know. Was he that fu- I mean, I guess he was pretty funny. He's, well, he's brutal. He's rest. honest. It was all about... Peace. Yeah, he's brutal and honest, which is kind of a, a Boston thing anyway. Right. That's a good point. Bill Burr's doing pretty well with that right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, know? man. He's a little more... Yeah, he's just a little more suave with it. Yeah, he's yeah. A little I more think lovable. that's right. But they have videos compared... Like uh, uh, Judd Apatow used to do a lot of live comedy, but people don't even know that. that mm-hmm. It was, you know, a live comedy guy stand-up comedy i guess most people call it but they showed judd doing a bit about the uh i can never remember what's it called any the the electronic voice box electro larynx the electro larynx oh, yeah. <laughs> but judd apatow used to do a deal about going to the drive-thru with an electro larynx uh-huh. then they showed dennis leary doing the exact i mean word for word Dang. the same bit it was like oh my god what? and i mean he was all these different things that he was doing. Who's he? He he ripped off somebody a lot. Huh. I'm trying to think of who that was. Dennis Leary, wasn't it? Bill Hicks. Oh, Bill Hicks. That's exactly. Yeah, who Bill Hicks was dead. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, like, hey, Bill Hicks died. This guy's not going to say anything. No, he's not going to bother. You me. know, even with an electrolarynx box. <laughs> Bill Hicks. Yeah, with or without doesn't really matter. <laughs> doesn't really matter. God, Bill Hicks. Yeah, man. Apparently, those stealing jokes get you famous. That's what I'm learning. Uh, like Ben Sia, Ben Eater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody's Rogan like, them out on that. oh wait, all it does is get you famous, and a few people mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. So who cares? You're famous and rich, and yeah. a couple of people are mad at you. Right. Maybe it's not a bad trade-off. I don't know. But then some of those guys they come around the club. And it's like everybody's like, screw this guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can understand. Yeah, that's the whole. Well, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan just went after Carlos, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. That's a great video. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that was a big deal. I never stole material. I've used a friend's material when I didn't have any, then called him and told him after. It's like, hey, bro, I just had this show at this college. I ran out of jokes. I did 12 minutes of your material. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What's wrong with that? But I told him, man, point blank. Honesty. I was like, what you know. What did he say, though? Is he pissed? <laughs> yeah, he was super okay. happy. Hey, <laughs> you know, as long as it was based on honesty, what the hell? He's you like, know? dude, don't do that. Yeah. Well, no, where, so where were you? At a college? I was at some college. Yeah, like New England something uh, juxtaposition school of conference women or something. I don't even know. Some. <laughs> place along the coast up in New England. We're talking about the new rules of comedy, basically, that you look back at the the, the guys, you know, and the name Don Rickles always comes up first. Yeah, reason, funny man. No one could do his act any longer. Yeah. I mean, if you were a young guy trying to do that type of act, you would go nowhere. Yeah, you can't say anything anymore. No, you just can't. 
You can't say anything. And it's too bad in, in, in live comedy that you can't because it's, you know, the, the truth on stage is a wonderful thing. It's just, it is a magnificent thing. Agreed, man. And now you got to, oh, you know, oh, how about this, what, what's her name, uh, Raven Simone? Yeah, she doesn't want to be black or gay. No. Yeah, she doesn't call the me planet. black. Yeah. Or African-American. She doesn't want to be called. She said black's okay, but African-American. She doesn't want to be called African-American, and she doesn't want to be called gay. Well, I'll still call her a bitch that's aggravating everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and you can be a male or female bitch, whichever one you want, Raven. But, the one that but kind Jesus, of, shut up. I know. You have a great life, you know. You don't want to be black. You don't want to be gay. Well, then go, you know, go fucking go to Mars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get you a space shuttle with your money with and your, go to Mars. She got some money. The amazing thing about that interview was that Oprah was doing the interview when she really? talked about it. Mm-hmm. And there is a woman who is who is cultural uh, by choice and at a, on a whim. Yes. Here's a woman who sits down and go, we were talking about uh, astrophysics today with Dr. So-and-so. And then, like, the next guest, well, goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> but we have our own version of that up here is, is you know, Garrison Keillor. Yeah, who's that? Yeah, uh, you know, do you know who that is? Uh, uh-uh. uh. He's big think. on NPR. Is a okay. big name, but he's from Anoka, Minnesota, which is I mean, it was pretty much farm the Halloween capital of the world. Halloween capital of the world. Right? <laughs> oh, really? But I mean, it's a, it was a little farm town <laughs> where he grew up in it, right? Right. A little farm town, and to, like from going to Minneapolis to Anoka was a big deal because there was nothing in between at that time. When right. He, when, you know, he's seventy three, I think now he is. But I always wondered, and he got all pissed off at me, like. I started doing the KQ show 29 years ago. And one of the first things I talked about was his bullshit voice. Right. Because <laughs> he's from Anoka, Minnesota. <laughs> and when he talks, he talks like this. <laughs> we were down at the barn the other day. And we, where the fuck did that come from? I don't know. It sounds like a gay man from Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. So about a week later, apparently Richard Belzer had, was in town and had heard about me making fun of his, this Garrison Keillor's voice because it's a bullshit voice. It's not right, really his right, voice. Right. It's just not your accent. And then we went down and he was like, fuck you. Yeah. So Richard Belzer comes and goes, so Tom, I heard you had a little trouble with Garrison Keillor. And I said, yeah. And what about it? He goes, you know, I do a great impression of Garrison Keillor. Because it's a real home, down home, you know. Right. I'm about uh, to listen to this guy. What's it called? The Prairie Chicken? Prairie Home, Prairie Home Companion. Prairie Home Companion. Oh, okay, I've heard of this then. That's oh, the guy. Yeah. Okay. That's the guy. Yeah, it's his show. So <laughs> Richard Belzer is in studio, and he goes, here's my impression of Garrison Keillor. I went out in the backyard and uh, shoved a hose up the rooster's ass. <laughs> that was like the whole impression. It was just brilliant. <laughs> That's oh, awesome, God. man. I don't. You do any? You do any impressions? I I could. I, I used to do a lot of them, but it's a lot of work to yeah. maintain them. Yes. And basically, if you're a good impressionist, you learned how to do it from somebody else anyway. Right. I don't know who the who would the first impressionists have ever been anyway. That's a great question, actually. Because you do learn, like I do, like Jesse Ventura. Mm-hmm. But I didn't perfect it until I heard a guy, a guy 93X locally. I don't know if you were on 93X this morning too or not, but uh, Nick on 93X did an impression, mm-hmm. and I heard it went that. That is exactly how it should sound. Right. So I kind of altered my impression based on his. Based on his. Yeah. So even though you do it, if you hear that one nuance or whatever, and you got it, you literally follow somebody else's lead. So I don't know who the first great impressionist was. Yeah. I have, I have no idea. And you guys aren't the guys to ask because, you know, you're all about 25 years old. So. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, there aren't any anymore, are there? Well, I, I mean, we just <clears> lost <throat> one of the biggest ones, Robin Williams. I mean, yeah, yeah, he did a lot of impressions. He was, yeah, he was really, he was really good at it. Yeah, there's just some guys out there. There's guys that the, there's a guy that does John Madden all the time. Who's Caliendo? Frank Caliendo. Yeah, Frank Caliendo. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, he's the one that brought it to the surface. Really. Yeah. yeah again, yeah. yeah. There's sure. a black comedian. Well, Jay Farrell is really good. Yep, Jay Farrell is really good. Really good. Yes. Uh, there's another black comedian who does them all the time. Uh, it might be our. Uh, Arnett, Artie, I don't know. Uh, Aries Spears. Aries Spears, that's yeah. right. Oh, Aries Spears. Aries Spears. And yeah, no offense yeah. to not remember his name. A hilarious his man. Rap, his rap uh, impression that is really good. He does like Jay-Z and all these guys. We're not going to do that, are no, we? No, no. I'm just saying. I fucking hate rap music so much. Well, some of it. This, yeah. I just, well, no, it just ruined R&B. No, you're from Louisiana. I can see that. It ruined R&B. It there ruined R&B. There isn't really R&B anymore. I love R&B. Some R&B was just hilarious. I grew up with R&B, <laughs> and it was just magnificent music, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have no talent whatsoever, so I'll just bullshit into the mic. Well, the worst is these EDM guys, all this electric oh. cat shit they're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bunch of kids eating drugs out in the desert and dressing up like Muppets. That's it's it. horrible. I have one impression. It's uh, Morgan Freeman. I love to hear it. All right. They said it would take a man 40 years to get out of the cell prison, but Andy Dufresne did it in less than 20. Well, Brilliant! Not, not bad. bad. It's coming along. You should have heard it when I first started. Yeah, when you first started, impressions are not that good. Yeah, it wasn't good, man. When, and when I first started, it was very it was more like mafioso. I could ask both of you guys this, because you're in comedy clubs, and, and, and Mike as well, you're in comedy clubs every week. Do you have people come up to you, like audience members come up to you, and either do impressions or tell jokes all the oh, yeah. time? Yeah. And Regularly, sometimes yeah. you can't tell who they're doing. But you go, <laughs> just kind of nod your you go, oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> you got to hear this. You got to hear this. I heard this. Yeah, I heard this. Uh, oh, shit. How'd it go? Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, there it is. Oh, I heard all I needed to hear. Thanks. <laughs> but the impressions are the. And you, you just say, what are you going to do? You're going to go, that's really horseshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I would have when I was your age. I would have that fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy who came up to me. He's like, oh, you got to hear me do an impression of my friend Andy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he kept doing it. And like, no, nah, that's not it. That's not it, man. It's more like this. <laughs> I don't know who Andy is, man. I never you heard him. Never like, heard what? Andy's voice. But you know, <laughs> like, Jesus. And he's like, yeah, he passed away a few years ago, man. I was so like, you're never gonna hear Andy's voice. Never even gonna know. It's the only memory I have of Andy. <laughs> what was that horseshit line that Morgan Freeman had at the end of Million Dollar Baby? Or was it? She was out somewhere between nowhere and tomorrow. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Somewhere between I'll nowhere see him and again tomorrow. someday. See, you would know. You know the line I'm talking it's about. Shawshank, isn't it? No, it's yeah. million yeah, dollar no, baby. Mil- yeah, but oh, yeah, yeah, the million dollar uh, baby one is. Yeah, it's, here it is. It's somewhere between nowhere and goodbye. Huh. Which means even less. That means way less. What is that going tomorrow? Shit. Yeah. That's even worse than tomorrow. what you threw That's normal. When you're more for me to say what you want, I guess. I, I guess That's you true. at that level. Nobody cares. Now, Theo, I should tell you, by the way, that uh, Morgan Freeman really pisses me off. Really? Yeah, because for like 30 years, from 1977 till about 2007... I was one of the biggest voiceover talents in America. Really? And then movie stars decided it was not beneath them to do commercials. Oh, and he came down from the, at- I was from the attic, huh? I mean, I would literally go to... We were talking about this the other day because uh, uh, Jeffrey Holder died. Mm-hmm. You know, these are cooler nuts. They grow here. That uh-huh. guy. Well, I used to work with Jeffrey a lot. And Malachi Throne and the, the, the really big, big name guys. 
But it, toward the, like yeah, 2004, 5, 6, it got worse and worse and worse as more movie stars decided, well, I, no, I should, I should take that money. All right. So I would go, go to auditions in you know New York or Chicago, LA, whatever, and I would go in there, and then my agent would call me and say, "Well, it's there's down to three people, it's you, Paul Newman, and Morgan Freeman." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's good. Well, goodbye. Uh, it, I that, feel you, man. That's got to be bitch. tough, huh? Oh, it was a bitch. Yeah, it was unbelievable because young producers want to hang out with movie stars, right? Of course, that's what they want to do. Yeah, because even some of them are horseshit at it. They're not. They're not good. Yeah, but they're movie stars, so they go, okay. Well, oh, this guy's cool. I like to hang out. With, hey, I told. Hey, mom, guess I had lunch with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah, Christ, <laughs> unimpressed mom, dude. It's it is. It's definitely crazy how the the people who work the most are. You know, they the, once you're working, you you just keep working a lot. Of times, a lot of these guys. Oh yeah, you know? there's no doubt about it's it. It's like Adam Sandler can make a million movies that you don't even can't even tell the difference. You could splice them together nowadays, and it's, it would all be the same. It's the same ten characters. You know, you don't even know what's going on in them anymore. You know, and it's like, how does this keep happening? You know, and not that he's not talented; these aren't talented people. No, I but understand. I understand. They're just like you know, they just keep giving them money where they know they're at least going to get a safe return. You know, it's almost like a stock market now. More, it seems there's like. no doubt about it. Yeah. And one of them, by the way, one of the guys that's in every one of his movies is his birthday today. Who's that? Nick Swardson. Oh, nice. That guy's the greatest. Local boy. Oh, Local yeah, that's boy, right. Nick. He's a Vikings fan, yeah. dude, because he's always wearing this oh, purple yeah. shit. I'm like, bro, you look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just his skin he's talking about. <laughs> these clips america's team because they're doing a better job on this episode of the best of the tom bernard podcast brought to you as always by bradshaw and bryant great clips this week sean Patton, jackie fabulous sheila weller and theo vaughn thanks for listening everybody and we will see you next week